Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast Season 5. Never forget that to the best of us, protection's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. Enjoy. Boom. What's going on, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, I've got a special guest here who comes highly recommended. Uh, we've trained together. She's kind of been, I've been hearing her name out there in the industry. Elizabeth Forrester, how are you doing today? I am good, Byron. How are you? Hey, I'm great. It's an honor. It's an honor to be able to do these things, have these conversations, make these contributions, right? And crystallize your experience. You know, real quick before we get into it, you guys that are listening to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast, shameless plug because it's my podcast, um, <laughs> is the largest real world library of executive protection content in the world so you know i'm always pushing to contribute marketing courses marketing classes but the reality is i have over a thousand videos on my youtube channel if you want a free education just go over there we have we're on our fifth season hundreds of episodes of real world experiences from professionals in our industry. It's one of the best educations in the game. So I wanna encourage you guys to take advantage of that. I dare you to try to listen to all of them. And then, uh, <laughs> and with no further ado, let's jump into it. Elizabeth, I guess the question everyone always wants to know, and I hate asking this question, but it's the question everyone always wants to know. Let's talk a little bit about background and um, then we'll get into you and, and what you're doing in the game. All right. So uh, my background is a little bit different than most. Um, I actually, I grew up uh, in security. My dad, my dad put in, he installed automatic gates. Um, and we, he, he taught me security from day one. Um, Outstanding. I kind of have, I kind of have these, you know, these three moments in life that I think really guided the trajectory of my, of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, and the first one was, I was about six years old and I remember being at the gas station with my dad mm -hmm. And I don't know really what happened at that gas station. I remember being there. I remember thinking my dad looked like he was looking for somebody in the gas okay. station, he was just looking around, really, you know, observant and whatever. And as a six-year-old kid, I'm bouncing through the aisle. I was excited to get a Yoohoo, you know, right? And so real we, quick. Yeah. Gas stations are watering holes, guys. Just in <laughs> case you haven't seen the tactical protection review, gas stations are where it goes down. All the predators are there and all the good people are there. It's just yeah. Context. Go ahead. Kill it. <laughs> so we're, we're, you know, we get, we get our drinks. We go back out to the vehicle and my dad was very monotonous in the things that he did. Um, it. I, it wasn't until this moment that I really started to pay attention to them, mm -hmm. but he, you know, we, we got out to the van and he went around to my side and unlocked it with a key, <laughs> you know, unlocked it with the key. I yeah, got back it back in the day. Yeah. He <laughs> locked my door as he closed it. He went around to the driver's side. He unlocked his door. He got in. As he would close it, he would hit the lock button with his elbow Love and it. close the door. And then, you know, we would get ready. He'd start the vehicle, all the things. And I remember being, you know, back in that van and I handed him that Yoohoo. I'm all excited thinking he's going to open that thing. And, you know, I give it to him. His hand was so big, that bottle just kind of disappeared in his hand. And awesome. he, he says to me, how many baseball caps were in that gas station and what color were they? Outstanding. And I, I love your dad. Six, and I said, I don't know, you know. And it was those. They were the very next thing out of his mouth is what I think really changed the course of my life. He said, "You need to know." And I don't. Again, I don't. Nev I never had that conversation with my dad. I don't know what happened in that gas station. I don't know that anything happened in that gas station. But maybe 
just me bouncing around being oblivious might've been it. I don't know. But, um, but that, that moment for me was really what changed the course of my life. And from that moment forward, everything about my life was security. Everything was about situational awareness. Everything was questions. Even when I learned how to drive, my dad taught me defensive driving. You know, he taught me paying attention to what was going on around me. We'd be driving down the street. He'd reach up and cover up my rearview mirror and say, what color are the cars behind you? And, you know, how long have they been there? And, you know, and I loved, I loved, it was always a challenge. I loved when I could yeah. get, I would say, you know, well, there, there's a silver, there was a silver truck. Now it's a white car. And he'd say, no, there's still a silver truck. And I'd say, no, it turned at that light, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I had to look and he's like, oh, I missed it. You know, whatever. I loved what I could get him with stuff, but, but it was just, that was kind of the mindset that I grew up in. So for me, you know, when it comes to background, when it comes to certain things, I struggled for a while because I really yeah. felt I didn't have the structured background that people want you to have the paper that says, yeah, yeah. for the longest time I doubted myself. And it wasn't until I started doing like your course and started meeting some of these different people that really said, you know, you don't think like most people think you need to be doing more of this because you are, you're, you're made for this. You're built for this. And it wasn't until other people really started solidifying that, confidence in me that I realized I actually did have a lot to offer. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of where it started. I love it. I love it. You hit some awesome things and my little brain won't hold them if if I don't get them out real quick. Yo, first of all, dads, you have influence. This is amazing. I love the way he raised you. This is what I'm going to do as well. But you know, fathers, you know, mothers, parents, you guys have influence. I mean, her father changed your whole entire life, you know, and I'm the amount of times that that lesson has probably saved your life without you even realizing just tipping, like just uh, encouraging your kid to have that level of situational awareness, right? That's a life-saving skill. I would actually argue that 90% of life-saving skills or skills that help people live a safer pattern of life are soft skills, right? And if you have the right soft skills, the probability that you'll have to use your hard skills is greatly diminished and many times extinguished. But the other thing you said that is huge is the doubt. It's like this doubt that a lot of civilians have, that a lot of female protectors have, that a lot of guys, any individual without the military slash police background sometimes struggle with. And I just want to speak to it real quick because a lot of the best guys I know in this industry, a lot of guys at the top of the game in the industry, Elijah Shaw, Christian West, Jared Vendries, the list honestly goes on and on. Um, My man, I was just working with in France the other day, some of the best guys and girls in this game come from a straight civilian background. Right. And You know, I notice advantages with them because they take it seriously. They take the art of executive protection seriously, Um, whereas a lot of us military guys and and law enforcement guys can kind of phone it in. Like, I've already been there, dude. Like, I can, you know, I had to get my eyes opened by going to a shooting competition and watching a 17-year-old girl just wreck shop on my face. And I was like, I think I think I need to work on some things, you know, but so that doubt thing is an obstacle people put in their own way that isn't necessarily accurate you put in the work you can have the thing but you got to do the thing to have the power yeah yeah 100 the executive protection immersion course 
is a new approach to training agents on how to operate at the highest levels in the executive protection industry. It's one thing to learn from PowerPoint and to have conversations, but the very premise of this course is to give agents the experience they need to be effective in the field. You'll get access to our online learning platform and then you'll show up for class and we will dive straight out into the field for on-the-job training. This is a six-day immersive experience designed to give you the confidence you need to operate at the highest levels in the executive protection industry. You will execute a training battery of multiple executive protection operations under the supervision of some of the best in the industry. This is the course that bridges the gap from the residents to the movement team. This is the course that will give people who do not have the operational experience what they need to be effective in the field. This is the course for veterans in the game to come and see how other elite professionals are executing on executive protection operations. So this is a soft skill centric course, right? This is understanding your operations, how to pull things off. These guys are gonna get feedback from a client after working a client. That's invaluable. A lot of guys go their whole careers without getting feedback from a client and just get fired, right? You're gonna have multiple exposures with clients and you're gonna get in-field critiques. You're gonna be out running details with myself and with the other instructors. When you're done with this course, you won't just have the knowledge, but you'll have the experience to be one of the industry's elite executive protection professionals. This course will give your employers the confidence that you know what you're doing, but most of all, it'll give you the confidence to know how to execute on executive protection operations at the highest levels. This course is part of the golden standard of executive protection training in our industry. It's the first of its kind, and it is absolutely changing the game. Uh, that, that like Chevelle or whatever it was that you guys posted just passed. I got it, I got it. You the Yeah, I got it. More audibles, man. So, tomorrow you're gonna have two vehicles, okay? But you're still gonna rotate through every position. Do you want me to fall in behind him or stay on our guy? Uh, you can continue to stay on our, our possible threat. Come and join us at the League of Executive Protection Specialists. This is more than just a training course. This is experience. And the best of us know that executive protection is more than just a job. It truly is a lifestyle. I love it. Yeah, and I, and, and I you're mean, living it. I am. I am. I, you know, I mean, those, those moments in life, you know, those, those three key moments, you know, I mean that, that first one at six and it's kind of funny, you know, I was thinking about it yesterday and I thought, well, what were, when was this? And you know, the first one was about six, the second one was around nine and the third one was around 12. So what, I don't know what those three year, you know, marks were, but, um, at nine years old, I got in trouble for lying. Okay. (laughs) You know, big surprise. Yeah, you know, yeah, right, right, right. What can I get away with? And and I got in trouble for lying. And my dad, you know, he was he was a hard nosed kind of grind guy, you know, and yeah. military background. And it, for the for a change, I wasn't you know I wasn't paddled and I wasn't putting time out and I wasn't you know all the things. Yeah. But he made me write an essay. Okay. Okay. And he made me, of course, you know, back then you didn't have there was no Google. <laughs> you had to get yeah. out and actually, actually do it. Of, look things up and do the research. And I hate that as a kid. There were so many times I had to do that, but it's paid off. Um, But I had to write an essay on integrity. Wow. It was, again, it was another game changer for me because my dad had come from a background where his family, he had to lie to get his first job. He had to lie about who he was to get his first job at 10 years old because his family name was so bad that 
if you had that name, nobody would hire you. Wow. And 10 years old, had to lie about who he was. And he worked there for a month before somebody recognized him. And boss came to him and said, you know, you've given for a month, you've proven to me that you, you deserve a shot, but you get one warning. This is it. You mess up at all and you're gone and you will not work another day in this town. And my dad stayed at that. He was a self, he was a service agent at a gas station <laughs> and yeah. worked there from, from uh, 10 years old until he left for the military at, at um, 18. Outstanding. I uh, love it. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, it's like the whole, like, you know, lies are generally a bad thing. I was glad he was able to get someone to see who he was so they wouldn't right. prejudge him. Right. Um, but that's awesome. The mechanism he put in place and the impact that it had that you had to write that essay and yeah. it really yeah, did have it, an impact. It, yeah. It made such a big difference for me because it was, you know, at the time it was just, integrity was just a word, you know, it just, right. it, and I didn't know what it, I mean, I really didn't know what it meant at, right. at, at nine years old. I had no idea without looking it up, but it, you know, writing that essay and I couldn't tell you at all what that essay said, but just taking the time to write that and moving forward in my life, it became such an impactful thing for me that when I was on a job, when I was doing something that it was always, you know, be, integrity is all about just doing the right thing when nobody's looking. That's all it is. And yeah. you're on a job. There's a lot of times, especially on these details, there's a lot of time it is hurry up and wait. You're holding yeah. You're standing around. You're like, oh, my goodness, I could take a nap, <laughs> you know, but, yeah. you know, you have to consider the fact that somebody's watching. Yeah. Somebody's going to walk through that door at any minute. Somebody's going to come down that hallway. Somebody's going to round that corner, whatever it is. And that moment that you decide that nobody's watching is the moment that you could be at risk or yeah. somebody else could be at risk. Well, and, and take but a second. Ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And Murphy's always watching. Like, yeah. Literally always. Like the second you look down at your phone, that's when you uh -huh. know he's gonna come around the corner with a hacksaw and ice pick, and it's gonna and you're like, I've been standing here for four hours. They look at my phone for one second, and this is when the client walks by. Oh, well, Byron, looks like your guys are on their phones. Hmm. And you know, and that's the game. But the reality of what we do is that you know it sounds so cliche, but the guys that get it win, and it's so important, integrity really is like the secret like it's like everything like you know mm -hmm. the quality of the product your clients are paying for and what they're actually getting the entire thing hinges on your guys your team your your individual's ability to do what they're supposed to do when supposedly no one's watching and right. do whether someone's watching or not that's the entire product hinges on this one thing and it's just the backbone of what we do. So it's beautiful that you got that lesson because it's everything. But anyways, what else? So what this third, this third, third moment. Um, yeah, third moment. I was 12. And again, I'm not sure exactly what happened in my life. But at that moment, it was that moment that was the first time I told my dad, um, I'm going to join the army when I grow up. Oh, boy. Okay. And his response was, yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. And that was that was it. I mean, that was that moment of, and I don't know if it was because of his reaction yeah. that I felt confident that I could do it, or or you know if I was already going to anyways. I don't know. Um, I'm the baby of three, yeah. and you know I'm my I have an older brother and older sister, and you know my everybody thought my brother would join. Everybody, yeah. you know, that was going to be his his plan. That was his trajectory, and he ended up not going, and that was that wasn't what God had for him, and he. 
for, for my dad at 12 years old to say, I know about me was, was huge. And I, I didn't for a really long time. My dad actually yeah. never saw me join the military. He passed away before I, before I joined. Um, but I joined really, really late in life. I actually yeah. had, it was a whole process. <laughs> it took yeah. a whole process and, you know, uh, you know, just long enough for, for me to not be able to take any credit at all. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. That's, that's how that worked. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't join until, um, I started my process at 34 mm-hmm. and by the time I got through all of the, um, denials, I got medically disqualified on paper twice wow. and never sent to MEPS. And then finally, um, based, uh, you know, essentially I got the, the recruiters got an email that kind of just said from USAREC, look, make her go away, send her to MEPS so that she'll get medically disqualified there. Cause that's permanent. And then we can make her go away because they just yeah. didn't they on paper. They didn't think that I was material. And so they sent me to MEPS. And of course, I passed MEPS without any problem. Yeah. And um, here I am. I, then I had to get an age waiver because I had turned 35. <laughs> so, wow. um, yeah, I uh, I started my process in, in January uh, at 34. I aged out in July and I swore in in September and I left the next January outstanding well a story about perseverance oh yeah so we got like we got like situational awareness integrity perseverance and uh, definitely some grit out of this out of these stories right yeah. i'm I very thick-skinned i don't take no for an answer very well Apparently, <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> no that's awesome um i mean it raises a bunch of questions like why did we wait so long different things like that Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, but I think what everyone really wants to know is what did you end up doing in the, in the army? So I am, I'm a corrections officer. Okay. Awesome. So, yeah. That's what I went in. I went in as an MP. I want, I knew I wanted to be an MP. Um, that was never a question when I walked into the recruiter's office and, and told them, they <laughs> literally said, you want to be an MP? <laughs> Cause that's you're usually like what people fall on. Right. Uh, but I was like, that's that's what I want. And they said, well, what else do you want to do? And I'm like, nothing. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and again, it was one of those things that, you know, I had a plan, but God had a different plan. And yep. so, you know, my plan was to be an MP. That's what I wanted. And I get ready to do my process. I go to MEPS to do all things. And then by the time you get ready to actually pick your job, right, you've got limitations, you've got whatever's, whatever's available. And the only thing that was available was actually a corrections officer. Mm-hmm. And I thought man, I, I don't, I had never considered being a corrections officer, you know? And so I yeah. started looking at it and I, I think to myself, well, I mean, still an MP and it's climate controlled. So there's yeah. some, there is, you know, some air conditioning. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so nice. kind of became one of those, you know, decisions of it was that or, or something totally different. And basically everything else had the word admin in the title. And I'm like, no, that's like not, not, <laughs> not for me. Not going out like that. Yeah. No, so, I love it. Yeah. It worked out perfectly. And it was, it has been, it has been a hundred percent. It's not the the path I would have chosen, but it's a hundred percent what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I was maybe a corrections officer. I mean, hitting stuff with on and all the training that we got to do and the hand to hand stuff and yeah. all. I mean, everything about it was was me. And it's it's again, it's situational awareness. You know, we're there. We're there to protect. That's the point of our job as a corrections officer. We're not there to judge. We're not there to you know to do anything other than protect ourselves, our teammates the inmates, you know, the detainees, whatever, we're there to keep them safe. That's, that's our, that's our goal. And so it's a security, it's a hundred percent a security job. Yeah. I love it. 
God always has a plan. We make our plans and he laughs. He already said it, I think. And it's exactly how it is. I had my whole plan going in the Marine Corps as well. And I mean, he let me taste it. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a sniper. I wanted to be in state platoon. And he let me run missions with them on my first deployment in actual combat. And then I got back and I had this gunny. I'm still forgiving him. I'm still forgiving this guy. And and he got, forgiveness is yeah. a process. Oh, it's a pro yeah, we're working through it. And he got blown up two weeks into our deployment because oh he wouldn't God. listen to um younger Marines, other other NCOs who had been to Iraq before, and he didn't listen and he went and did something we told him not to do. And then he got wrecked. And then he got sent back. This is two weeks. This is on our first mission. And then we get back. You know, we're all men. We've all gone to war. We all done our thing. And he's waiting for us to get back to make our lives hell. And Sniper Platoon was like, hey, we want Rogers. Called me up to the office. I was transferring platoons. I was like, it's going to happen. I'm actually achieving my dream. And he comes up the stairs in his crutches. I'm like, and he kiboshed the whole thing. But it's, you know, I wouldn't probably be here, you know, like I would have got reindoctrinated and I would have probably had a nice skeleton tatted down my arm and been freaking smoking people for the government to this very day. I wouldn't be this version of Byron, probably. Right. So uh, my path would have been different. I wouldn't have met my buddy Luke at a bar getting out of the Marine Corps and and, and all that stuff. So uh, I have a friend that says you change one single thing about your life it doesn't matter if it's good or bad one single thing about your life and you are not who you are right this Different second path. yeah 100 and i gotta give a shout out to vince for connecting us he's awesome yeah uh what's his handle on ig again lead yeah yeah lead um lead i don't know he's gonna kill me for not knowing <laughs> i know right he's like you don't know my you don't follow me right right uh, but nah, man, Vince has been killing the game and you've yeah. also been killing the game. That's one of the reasons I wanted to make sure and have you on here. Uh, yeah. Lead executive protection, y'all. Vince, be sure to connect with him. Be sure to link up and catch up with him. He is one of the homies. He's one of our graduates and uh, one of the awesome dudes that's come out of the school. Yeah, no, it's all good. Bro. One of the guys that's come out of the come out of the league and has done amazing things. Um, so let's dig into your EP prowess you know how long have you been in the industry uh so a little less than a year honestly it's been it's been quick I uh, love this. <laughs> so i um i had a injury mm -hmm. i got injured in the army um it just one of those random things i was climbing out of a truck it was not anything super exciting i hate when uh, that happens like i want to have an amazing story but like <laughs> yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I had, I ended up having to have a surgery on my hip. Wow. And so with that, I am, again, I'm not good at being still, I don't do right. well with recoveries and, you know, I can follow doctor's orders because doctor says do something and I'm going to follow it to the T because the last thing I want to do is do it again, right. but I'm not good at being still and having a surgery on my hip meant I wasn't doing the things that I like to do. So yeah. I thought, hey, what can I do? while I'm down, because I have to yeah. do something. And, you know, I had this, I got this mentor, this guy named Vince that says, Hey, you need to look at these things. Right. So I got, I got, you know, your class I started taking yes. that. 
And in the process of about four months of recovery, um, I got about 17 different certifications because <laughs> I was just crushing it. I'm like, I can't, I can't physically do stuff. So mentally I was, I was doing everything. And so just anything I could do to better myself and everybody keeps telling me it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. You got to, you got to build your network. You got to do this. And you have this, you have this, this whole process that you lay out to formula. It's yeah. a- Right, you lay out this formula if you just follow it, and that's what I did. I started following it, and I went on to LinkedIn kicking and screaming because yes, I don't like social media. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll just I'll embrace this horrible thing, as we say in the military, right? Embrace the suck. I'm suck. just gonna... and so I get on LinkedIn, and um, again, it was one of those people start saying, "Man, you've got you've got content. You need to put this stuff out there." Um, so again, the, um, I don't know if you had a chance to look at my LinkedIn stuff at all, but like every single post that I do on there is a phrase. It's a catchphrase, right? So it's close, but no cigar, or it's bite the bullet or it's whatever. It's these phrases that we know. And again, Mm -hmm. comes from my childhood, comes from my dad being, you know, kind of a, a hard ass individual, right? Where he, on a regular basis, I would say something, you know, close, but no cigar, whatever. And he'd say, where's that phrase come from? What? I don't know. And he'd say, figure it out before you use it again. Well, again, we didn't have Google. I couldn't just look it up. I had to get out, you know, Reader's Digest and dictionary, uh, all kinds of stuff and research and try to find things. But everything, that was his whole thing. Everything has a meaning. Everything comes right. from somewhere. What is it? Right. And so, again, it was one of those things. And so I started taking these phrases because they, it fascinates me that, you know, that we have these phrases we say. And it's like, where does that come from? Right. And so I take that phrase and then I turn it in to a teaching moment. Right. And, you know, I'm a mom. My dad did that to me. You know, I do it to my kid, too. I've got an 18 year old daughter and everything, everything can be a teaching moment. You know, it's it's how do you look at this? What does the situation mean? And instead of telling her the answer, I walk her through it the way that you, you know, you, you think about those those phrases like um, your your body can't go where your mind has never been. Right. It comes to safety for her when it comes to security for her and keeping her safe and protected and having situational awareness i need her mind to already go there so it's no different than doing a fire drill right you do a fire drill well then when there's an actual fire you don't have to think about what to do your body knows exactly what to do exactly true and it's no different for situational awareness it's no different it's a hundred percent that like i just wanted to pause on that because it's so perfect you know, I tell the story of one of my young Marines. We're sitting in the back of the seven ton. We're pushing off. And, you know, I, I look at him. And I tell my guys all the time, like, think through what you're going to do when we get blown up. Think through what you're going to do when we get ambushed, you know. And uh, one day one of them comes back to me. And he's like, you know, hey, Corporal Rogers, I, I, I thought through what I'm what I'm what I'm going to do if we get blown up. And I was like, if I was like, <laughs> we're going to get blown up. I was like, we're in an AO with 80% victim initiated IEDs where the lead vehicle, it's going to happen. And I was like, even if it's not going to happen, you should approach protection as if it's going to happen. So when it happens, there's no cognitive dissonance and no, wait, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happening. Oh my God. I was like, make sure you understand what you're going to do when something happens. Sure enough, we, we get blown up, you know, and through the ashes and his face is all like, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that picture of the guy getting surgery and he's all like, it was like that. And he's like, Corporal, I, I did exactly what I was going to do, what I thought about. I thought about it and I did it. 
And I'm like, this is everything. Like you walk into a room and you, as a private security professional, we're running these simulations in our mind of what could happen so that when it does, it's like, I saw you coming, you know, and then you can get to work and it's beautiful and it's quick yeah. and everyone else is behind the curve, you know, yeah. I love that. And yeah. these quotes, you know, like the way that you're approaching educating the industry is extremely, it's awesome. It's provocative. It makes it, it's like new, it's different. I definitely dig it. Takes one to know one. I'm looking at one of your posts right now. Yep. <laughs> you guys got to go check out her LinkedIn page. Link is going to be in the description. Uh, she, she, I noticed that you're very contribution centric like me as well. Like, you know, you're on our platform contributing these awesome posts. You're out in the open contributing. And I know that contributes to your success as well. Cause that's the tool I use. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not that cool, but if you contribute, people start to be like, you know, this person, this human's valuable, you know? Right. right. I love it. What yeah. Is, the service industry. It's all about service. I mean, and everything we do and it's, you know, on the life in general, just as a human, right? right. Life, in general, you go through something. And, you know, I think, I think everything that we go through, whether it's good or bad is in order to do something for somebody else. You know, if you, if you struggle to get, you know, through something, if you got an addiction or you have something like that and you're struggling to get through it, when you get to the edge, right. When you, when you finally climb that rope and you get out of that hole, you don't just walk away, you turn yeah. around and you help the next person. That's, that's the point of being a human. That's the point of life. Yeah. And, that we, we go through this together. And it's the way you feel alive. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I've been spending ridiculous amounts of time with extremely successful people since I started this industry at 21 years old, living in the shadows with lots of successful people. Right. And, you know, it's like, I've learned that success isn't really where the value is. Like there's value to it. You know, it's what you do with that success. But ultimately what really, really matters is significance and who you're helping. Like yeah. what makes you significant? How many people you're helping? And I've been sitting on a plane next to a billionaire who's looked at me and been like, and I'm sitting there with my little computer, doing my little online thing, going through courses. And I'm like, kind of like happy, you know, and he's just staring at me and I like look over and he's like, you're happy, aren't you? And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yes, sir. And he's like, he's like, we're on my plane. Right. I'm the man. Everyone <laughs> wants to be me. And I'm sitting and you're over here happy <laughs> with your stupid little computer and your headset. And I'm just like, ah, you know, they, uh, Jesus, I don't know. So, but it's because, you know, like when you're helping people in your contribution centric, you unlock the key to life. And that's powerful. I love that you said that R real quick. So let's talk a little bit about like your success though. It's been quick since you've been in the industry, but you're already having an impact. Like what kind of contracts, what kind of clients have you seen? What's the experience been like? So there's been a lot of, um, a lot of like political side stuff. There's been some artists, there's been, you know, I'm in Nashville. So I get Ayo. kind of a mix of a lot of, you know, a lot of things. Um, but I've had to do some traveling, which has been really great. Um, the army has actually hooked me up with a little bit of stuff. I have a, Heck you yeah. know, I have a, kind of a funny story. I was walking, uh, we were cleaning up after, after a drill and we had been having, uh, we had had a family day. So it was kind of chaos and, you know, a lot of fun and goofiness, whatever. And I was carrying a lot of dodgeballs was actually what I was carrying. Like, okay. uh, dodgeballs at once trying to balance them all right and it was hot so we had dropped tops and everybody you know for the most part most people had left but I had stayed I was helping clean up and so I'm carrying these and I walked past a group of a lot of my you know higher up chain of command and my master sergeant is standing in this group and I walk by and I'm carrying all this stuff right without my my top 
and he's he sees my clinch pick that's <laughs> in my front of my you know it's in my appendix. Yeah. And as I walk by, and he says, "Forster, are you uh, in security?" Yeah. And I thought that's the weirdest question. Like it's a random question. And I was like, "Yes, Master Sergeant, I am." And you know, I go let's put these stuff down, and time goes by. I don't think anything more about this question other than it's weird. And then yeah. the day comes, and he stops me, and he says, "Uh, he says, um, I guess that question kind of kind of threw you." You know, whatever. And I said, yes, Master Sergeant, it did. And he said, I've never seen a female carry their knife there. And yeah. he said, he said, I've never seen anybody that's not in the security industry carry it there. But he said, I've definitely never seen a female carry it there. And he said, I don't know who's training you, but they care about you a lot. And yeah. that, that was a big deal for me. Um, and so, you know, it, you know, that clinch pick was a gift. And so it was like, that was huge for me mm-hmm. to have that moment. But he actually then later uh, started following me on LinkedIn and he actually connected me to a company that I've been doing a lot of work for. They've been keeping me busy. <laughs> so, Outstanding. But that's been really good. He said, you know, they called and they, the guy asked me if I had gone to some different schools and I was like, no, I haven't done that. I haven't done that. You know, whatever. He wanted all the papers. Right. And right, right. He was like, you know, he, he said, I, I told him, I said, I haven't done, I haven't done those things, but he goes, I can't ignore this reference. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a shot. You know, this is what we'll try. We'll see how things go, whatever. And, you know, I worked one job for him that was kind of on my own. And then from there forward, it just, it just, yeah. Yes. I love it. What would you say would be the primary factor that has contributed to your success? Other than my formula, of course. Of course. course. (laughs) The formula has been huge. It really has been. Um, That's awesome. Probably. Probably the confidence. I mean, like I said in the beginning, you know, learning that I actually have something to offer makes a huge difference. When you realize that you have what it takes to do something, you know, there's there's a huge difference between between being confident in what you do and and being insecure about what you do. And in the security industry, you can't be insecure about what you do. You nope. have to know you have to know that you have the skill set. Yep. Um, so that was that was probably the start to that. That kind of kind of started pushing me in that direction was realizing that I actually had something to offer yes. uh, and mixing that with your formula, mixing that with, you know, uh, a team mm-hmm. you know, mentorships and, and connection, you know, your group that you have that we, we can connect to each other. And those, you know, the, the sometimes Indeed. weekly, sometimes monthly yeah, yeah. And, and the zoom calls and stuff. Those are huge because those connections that we can make between each other, is gigantic because we could send each other business. We can, you know, we can bounce mm-hmm. ideas off of each other. We can, you know, network within the network and it's right. huge. So yeah, those kind of things that the, you don't, you're not successful on your own. You know, it takes, it takes a group of people. You're never successful on your own. And, yes. you know, my dad used to say it when I was a kid and I always thought it was just a goofy phrase that he said, and I didn't really think a whole lot about it till I got older, but he always said, you can't, if you help somebody get to the top of the mountain, you can't help but get there yourself. Yeah. That's and it's huge. it's huge. I mean, you, it takes, it takes a team of people to, to be successful and you've got to trust the people that you, that you work with. And when you've got good people around you that you can network with, um, it, it makes all the difference. In every single direction, like, and that's why I designed everything the way I did is because everything good and bad in your life is going to come through relationships. It's just going to like, you even have a relationship with the, with the light bill company that you pay the dang thing with. Like (laughs) 
everything, like your master sergeant giving you that recommendation, relationships, you built equity with him, trust, confidence with him, um, different students within the league, giving each other, it's all relationships. And so I was like, yeah, I want to have an EP school, but like, what's the real key to success? It's having a relationship. Your, your network is your net worth, right? We all hear it, but it's like just true. Yeah. And so I was like, let's connect a social media network, like a social network to this. And then I've obviously had the time of my life being in those meetings and offering ongoing mentorship because I get to hear all the stories and I get to have everyone like everyone's like, I, I'm exhausted. Okay. <laughs> I work from, I work like every hour of the day, right? Mm -hmm. I'm working, right? 4 a.m. I wake up, I go to bed at 11 and I am at war and every single moment in between. And when I get on those calls, usually I'm like, all right, yo, I got to do this. Hop on there. No cost to the students. Hop on there. Boom. And then I, and then what do we, you've been on the calls. What do we, it just, this is working. Um, I mean, it's just usually it's really like praise report time of guys and girls that are killing the game. And I'm just like, so charged up. And it goes back to success or significance. It's like, we're helping these people. These people are helping each other. This is the most valuable thing in the whole entire world. And those relationships are helping people elevate their lives and their careers, you know? So like what you said, I think it's perfect. You know, it, it's, it's having the confidence, not arrogance, confidence that comes from experience with yourself. Right. Cause we know when someone's just being nice and it's like, no, you really don't look fat in that dress. And you're like, I'm <laughs> fat right now. Like, like, you know what I mean? like <laughs> confidence come. Thanks for being nice. Thanks for being nice. Right. Confidence comes from experience having the training, having the background, having the life experiences you've been speaking about to be able to be in integrity with that understanding of real confidence and then having the network to help get you out there and, and amplify the right relationships that ultimately lead to a successful career. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Those are the cheat codes, guys. I hope you're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A good mentorship. These things are awesome. You know? Yeah, the mentorship stuff is huge. I mean, having people that you can bounce things off of, especially that are in the industry and have been in the industry longer than you, yeah. that that's huge too, because you have those abilities to, to make that phone call, you know, to go, all right, I'm fixing to do this. And what does this look like? Or or am I doing this right? Or, hey, I'm going to do a walkthrough. I'm going to do an advance. I'm going to do this, right? And you can call somebody and you can run something by them, you know, an idea or a or a, you know, a decision that you're, you're, you're kind of bouncing between two things. You know, how do I do this? You've got somebody you can call that's, that knows they've been there. They're like, yeah, don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> like, right. Don't do this, right. Or, you know, absolutely make sure you do this, make sure, you know, don't forget about, don't forget about some cake, right. Yeah. Don't different things. That you <laughs> and yeah. so all these things, you know, I mean, there's, there's been times that I've, you know, I've, I've been able to pull networking strings like that where I can, you know, I can get some answers about something ahead of time. And then, you know, I show up and, you know, I'm the new awesome. guy. I'm the new guy on the team, but yes. I'm running because they're like, hey, can you can you try to, you know, can somebody do this? Right. And I'll go, I can do that. Oh. And the look is just all right. And they're like, all right, go. And so I'll just yeah. go whatever it is. And you know, I got just recently I got put on a detail. Um, I got a phone call. I had worked with, I had worked with the team, um, on a job and it was five days. And I worked with one guy in particular on this detail. He came halfway through the detail. Mm -hmm. And so I only worked with him for the last three days. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward about a month and he was on another detail. He was with somebody and he said, 
I, I got to replace this guy. He's awful. <laughs> He's making yeah. the clients. Um, they're not, they, they don't want, they, they don't ever want to see him again. Like they want yep. him away. It's not, it's bad. Yeah. And so the, our, the CEO of the company calls me and he says, Hey, you know, would you be interested in this job? Cause you know, this guy is asking for you specifically. Cause he said, I, he called him and said, you know, Hey, I need to replace him. He, who do you want? And he said, I want Elizabeth. Yeah. And you know, and this guy's only worked with me for three days and it was not even on a detail that was similar to this one. We just worked together for three days, but he said, I know that you're going to have my back. Yeah. And that was, that was huge for me was, you know, the phone call that I got from him when he said, when I asked him and I said, you know, they said you requested me specifically. And he said, yeah, because I need somebody that I can trust that I know has integrity. I'm not going to have to watch. I'm not gonna have to watch you. And yeah. I know you have my back. If something goes down, I know what you're going to do and you know what I'm going to do. And we know, you know, we don't have to try to communicate that. It's just going to be the two of us. Yep. And this detail turned into, it was supposed to originally just be a couple of days. It ended up turning into a week and a half. Love it. Was, well done. It was, it was a two man team. It was me and him. That was it. Yep. And it was a huge deal. I got to be a driver, you know, you're doing all of the things. And oh. I mean, even, even that was awesome. Cause again, you know, I, I told you in the beginning, my dad teaching me, you know, tactical driving, you know, defensive driving stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, being able to simple things I can back into a parking spot and the clients were floored by that. And at first I thought, all right, girls can drive, you know, like I was You're like, calm down. Yeah, 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 right, right. But at the same time, I realized, you know, the person that I had replaced, that was one of the things that they couldn't do. Like they were making the clients nervous because they were driving this big SUV and they were like hugging the line because they, weren't quite, you know, sure how big the vehicle was. They couldn't back into the parking spots because it was long, all these things. And I'm like, this is, it's Painful. just a vehicle, right? <laughs> this is like, well, that's the, I mean, it's just the way the world is now, you know, people are like, how do I make it? And I'm like, if you can do the basics and be professional <laughs> and show up on and back in the parking spots, like you're, you're dang close to John Wick compared to the company. Right, right. It was, I mean, it was a lot of fun and it was yeah. funny. There was, there was actually a moment um, at the end where, you know, I kind of laughed myself, but the, the, where we were parking, we were in a parking garage where we were parking. We had the same person parking next to us on a regular, like the entire time. Yeah. And it's very obvious that the person parking next to us didn't care so much for us. Okay. And so every day that we got to the parking spot, uh, got to the parking lot, it was, their vehicle was closer to our spot. And so my, my spot was getting tighter. Yeah. But if I backed in, however, it put strong side right by the door, which was yep. why it's going to back in because why would I, I don't want my clients going around a vehicle. So I'm yeah, going to back. Yeah. Anyways. And so every day that this vehicle would get closer and closer and closer. And by the last day, my clients had noticed, they knew that he was, the person was doing it. And so they, <laughs> the last day we pull in and he's literally in our spot. I mean, the he, like the tires are, are on the, Over line. the line on the, yeah, oh, come yeah. on, man. Come on, man. So, you know, we pull, we come down there and, you know, I pull in and I turn so that I can back in. And before I even start moving, the client says, man, it doesn't even matter where he's at at this point. Elizabeth's the best driver in the world. He doesn't matter. So That's I backed in and I did, I backed in so close that I almost couldn't get out because yeah. I wanted to make sure that if they had anybody with them, it was a pain for them. <laughs> yeah. Being yeah. difficult. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love it. And I mean, honestly, like the code, the code, like the tectonic plates, like the underground of that is you get called because you're able to demonstrate value, demonstrate integrity, demonstrate competence because you've done the work, you've done the research, 
you have the mentorship, you put the package together, you show up to that job, you demonstrate those things. Somebody who has the eye, which is somebody who has been in the industry, it takes me two seconds to look and listen to somebody and know if they're going to be good at this and if they're the right person, right? Someone who has the eye, who has the experience, who has a larger network, recognizes those things that you've worked on underneath the streetlights, boom, gives you a shot, you deliver, you guys over deliver because then the detail gets gets elongated gets expanded because they're like yo you know what this is great let's keep it going you know everyone wins company owner wins guy that recommended you wins client wins and this is the this is the this is the magic like to other people they're like it was just great i'm like this this was always the plan like this is what we do you know and this is i love it you know just kind of deconstructing the principles and the components that make situations like that happen and then we can recreate them we're always looking for the grand slam you know um so it's beautiful just to hear that experience and that you had that and you're able to just organically flow with something like that then you demonstrate competence for the clients and they're going to call you back every chance they they're going to call that company they call you want you and this is something you carry with you for your for your your career you know that's beautiful well done females in the industry right so we got to talk about this you know you know it's uh it's awesome one to have you know you with your experience and your recommendations and your success here to address it you know what would you say it's like first and foremost being a female in the industry um, well, a lot of them are watching. I just, I literally just talked to one this morning. That's like, what do you think? Da, 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 da. So I'm giving them content. <laughs> so you, you got to be thick skinned. Yes. Uh, could not be sensitive. Uh, y'all don't know what to do with tears. Like you, <laughs> you can't be sensitive. Um, well, and these days, and these days, gentlemen, right. you also have to be thick skinned. <laughs> like, like, I got to say something to the boys yeah, too. Cause yeah. I got guys right now. I'm like, are you okay? I need yeah, to give exactly. you constructive feedback, homie. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, what are we doing right now? Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah it does. T- this this industry as a whole, doesn't matter, male, female, doesn't matter. Yeah. You've got thick skin. Because um, you are, you're going to have those those moments where people, somebody's going to come at you. Somebody's going to, yep. in a in constructive way, but not necessarily in a productive way. <laughs> yeah, usually, hopefully in a constructive way, but humans yeah. are humans. And sometimes you're on details where they don't want you there. Or you make right. someone else insecure because you're competent. Or you just messed up and it's time to be humble and listen to how you should have zigged instead of zagged, you know, <laughs> like, yes. right. Anyway, send it. Sorry. Yeah, so as, a female, as a female, I have, I have very quickly discovered there, there will always be at least one male per team that doesn't want me there. Yeah, um, yeah. I can pick him out pretty quick. He yeah. usually, usually drops me a line right off the bat. He tells me something like, you know, uh, don't overthink it. That's usually the number one line. Oh yeah. Um, or, or let me, uh, let me give you some advice. That's the okay. other, yeah, so there's always, <laughs> yeah, I can, I can pick them out pretty quick. They're, they're, they're pretty open about it. It's like trying to find the vegan in the party. Yeah. But, so, so as a female, you, I mean, you have to be, you have to be prepared for that. You've got to know that there's going to be people, people in the industry that don't, you know, they don't want to work with female and, and I'm okay with that because I'm one, I love being underestimated. That is, you know, my my entire life has been about being underestimated. I'm always, I'm always underestimated. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. In the security industry, I'm even more okay with it because yeah. I want to be underestimated. I want to be the one that nobody's that nobody's looking at. You know, that gives me an advantage. If you and I are on a team together and we walk into a room, they know you're the security. 
you not your scarf doesn't bring you down enough. They they know your security. You're intimidating. You give that vibe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's no. why I smile so much. I'm right. just trying to get everyone to relax, <laughs> yeah. you know. But it's like that song, you know, that song, I'm the bad guy or whatever. Like yeah, I just yeah. want people to just feel the same way, but be like, that's the good guy. Like I want bad guys to look at me and be like, that's the good guy today. Like, God, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like not today. Like, yeah, yeah I'm the good guy, you know. But anyway. <laughs> I love what you're talking about because it is it is a huge advantage. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, when, when they're not looking at me, that's an advantage. You know, I mean, I, the, this principal that I worked for not long ago actually at one point pulled me aside because we kept getting stopped. We kept we would go through a security checkpoint and the security would stop me. Yeah. Well, we're on two man detail. My guy in the front is a bald decent size yeah. right yeah and i'm like he's obvious i'm the trail i look like the yeah. bluffer i look like the person just like don't stop me i'm clearly with yeah. this right? That's i'm what I look pressed like. trying to yeah. sneak in right now so <laughs> i would get stopped i mean it didn't matter what kind of security checkpoint it could just be a it could be a you know a, a metal detector it could be a state trooper it didn't matter everybody yeah. stopped me and the clients after after the first day pulled me in the office and it was one of those, Hey, we want to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, Oh, I'm about to be fired. What did I do? Yeah, yeah, like, okay. and they, they pull me in there to apologize to me. Mm. We're so sorry that you get stopped. Mm. And you know, in that moment for me, it was instantaneously my, my psychology went, Oh, I can play this. Oh I'm yeah. This is great. <laughs> right? like, Go ahead. And I'm like, keep handing me your cards. Yeah. And they, they give me this long apology. They tell me how, you know, it's just not okay that they would stop me and they don't stop my partner and blah, 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 and all these things. And I told them, I said, I said, you know, I, I really, really appreciate that you noticed this. This is huge for me as, you know, as a security professional, I said, and, you know, working for That's you, cool. it's, it's, it's amazing to me that you noticed that and you were taking the time to, to tell me. So I really right. appreciate that. That means a lot to me. I said, also, you know, and then I went from that into him educating you a little yes. bit. And I said, I said, as a female in the security industry, I said, I want to be that. I said, because I'm valuable for you if I'm that way. I said, if I am the one that's being stopped, one, it tells me who's on my team. I right. said, because we're going through a checkpoint and they don't stop me, then they're not concerned about your safety. Right. They know who you are. Right. They're not stopping you. They're stopping me because it looks like I'm trailing you. Right. So that tells me that person is on my team. So I know right. that that trooper or that person that, you know, that security guard at the metal detector, whoever it is, is watching out for your safety. I know they're on my team. If something happens, I know they're going to react. Right. They're ready. Because they were complacent and they weren't paying attention to me. So I said, that's an advantage for me in the security industry. I said, but on, you know, for, from you, from your standpoint as a client, I said, when we walk into a room, they're noticing my partner. They know that he's your security. I said, but what they don't know is that I'm going to come out of nowhere Yep. because they're not looking yep. at me. They see right. him, they see you guys, and they think it's just him and you. And then, you know, I'm, they're blindsided by me. Right. And I said, that's an advantage that I have. And, yes. you know, one of these clients, I had a couple, there was a few of them. And one of them was a female. And I told her, I said, you know what it's like to be underestimated as a female? And I said, you know, let them. And yeah. she said, oh, yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It was, it was huge because I had that moment to to not only express that to the client and kind of educate them a little bit, but as a female in the industry, you have to understand that you are going to be underestimated. Right. You can't be loud and obnoxious about it. You have right. to embrace that yeah. and use it to your advantage. Yep. Kill them with competence. And mm -hmm. that's kind of, that's always been my, my approach as well. I used to always like, I'll always fake beta, we call it, or 
I'll always like, I mean, I just want everyone to be comfortable, you know, or I'll always, I always love it if I get under, you know, underestimated because then you can humbly just demonstrate competence and it's easy to hit a grand slam. If everyone expects you to be, once you're a black belt is it's over. But when you're like a white belt, the yellow belt, you know, you're getting on purple and brown and blue and all this, then you still have space to be like, wow, you know, people to be wow, you know, so that's awesome if they think you're a white belt, you know, because it's, you can demonstrate competence. It's like a grand slam, you know, um, so go into it expecting that people will underestimate you but recognize that your tools are different and your advantages are different right you know so if something goes down people already identify me as a combatant in the environment i may as well have a uniform on in a lot of cases so i have to approach so many things differently whereas there's that awesome video that female uh, where there's a guy crossing the street with a firearm. We've all seen it by now. You know, there's a guy crossing the street with a firearm towards a bunch of kids, it looks like. I think it's in Brazil. Um, but he just doesn't expect the female to be a combatant. And she just draws from her purse. Boom, boom, smokes him in the chest. He hits the ground. She kicks the weapon away. Perfect form, perfect amount of force, protects everyone. But the principle is he did not see that coming. And... <laughs> all violence warfare is built on deception it's quite an advantage right. i love it yeah. as sun tzu would say right yeah good stuff um what would you say you know as a female any advice to any more advice i would say to whip to a female thinking about getting in so have thick skin expect to be underestimated kill them with competence anything else come to mind well, you don't, got traction really quick, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, don't forget about don't forget about you know how this industry started. You know, I mean, executive protection as a whole. It started in it started in 1970. Of coin, executive protection was coined by the Secret Service in 1970, and you know it was just it was the EPS. It was the you know the the executive protection services that they started, and they it was to guard visiting foreign dignitaries. Right. So the term EP is just close protection. That's that's right. the concept of it, and we can't forget where it came from. You know, it's all about keeping people safe, but you need your team in order to do that. It's not a one person job. You have to be able to trust the people that you're with. And as a female, especially a lot of times we come in at, because we're underestimated, our, our counterparts don't, they're not confident in us right off the bat. Yeah. We can help to mitigate that, that, that gap between the two, if we are confident in them. So if I come in and I try to take over or I try to do these things, you know, I hear I hear female females all the time. Oh, well, we can clear female latrines. And I'm like, OK, but if you replace all the males then who's clearing the male latrine like that's right. we all have to we all have a role. And men have been doing this in the industry the longest. You know, there's been women in the industry for a long time. There's female secret service agents, you know, already. So it's like it's not that we're brand new to this. The difference is there's been a, a lack of communication between the two sides. Yeah. And I, I hear, I hear a lot of different females. I have had conversations with a lot of different females that they have this, you know, like girl power kind of thing. They want to come in and they want to take over. And it's like, that doesn't, that just flips the problem on its head. That doesn't yeah. fix the problem. And so for me, the best advice I can give is figure out how to work with your team, you know, cause that's, you're, you're the new guy. You can't come in, you know, you can come in competent and confident, but you right. can't come in like you're going to take over because right. that it doesn't matter if you're male or female, that doesn't work. Doesn't you know, work. If, you're, if you're an alpha male, you can't come in and take over. That's not nope. going to work for you either. So you've got being confident in your team and knowing what 
what they're capable of and learning that. And, you know, in the military, as a, as a squad leader, like you have to understand your team mm-hmm. and you have to be able to break that down. What is, yeah. if you've got five soldiers underneath you, you need to know what they're good at, but you also need to know what they're not good at. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm not good at something and you are, then you and I are going to make a good team. Mm-hmm. Right. Because yeah. you're good at the thing I'm not good at, and I might be good at the thing you're not good at. Now we're right. perfect. Right. And you've got, to, you've got to be able to do that. But you can't do that if you come in with this attitude of taking over or, well, you're underestimating me. So I'm just going to act different, whatever. You've got to be willing to understand that you're the new guy and learn from learn from their experience and have the confidence in them. And that confidence will that will translate back to, to you. Right. That it's like a mirroring effect. hundred percent. It's it's really it's knowing like any new person well finding a way to complement each other that's the mm-hmm. hugest thing like my strengths become the team strengths the team strengths like like if i'm looking at someone who like isn't as physically potent as i am right but they have strength but they know they're not as physically potent as me they and they train to their strengths and they allow me to step in in situations where it is time for my strengths and we use them at times when it is time for their strengths you have a beautiful synergy that's more powerful than any individual could be on their own and when i know that my partner's aware of those things like man one of my best friends caleb shirk we step in he handles the things that he's good at i handle the things that i'm good at and we just go like this Mm -hmm. all the way through the detail very often and that's i think it's the same thing and then just not to use a bad term but this is a unisex term know your role and play your position if you're new on a detail know your role i don't care if you're if you were john wick's freaking sensei you come to a new detail guess what you're the new guy okay <laughs> guess what you don't know where any of the landmines and tripwires are and if you're a human being there's going to be things in the spe- in your spectrum of capabilities that you're good at and and it's rock solid on and things that you're not and when i see a guy that knows that or a girl that knows that and and plays to those things and is and is just honest and open about it that's the one i can work with the other stuff is insecurity the other bravado stuff that's a protection strategy designed to protect them psychologically from their inadequacies that they subconsciously know that they have you know so and everyone sees through that everyone's a naturally a psychologist we all been looking and dealing with humans our entire lives right <laughs> um i love it that's good stuff competence you know, kill them with that and be humble, you know, and serve the team. What would you say is the hardest lesson you've learned being a protector? Um, that turning over control. Um, yeah. I am, I am not good. It's why I'm in the security industry. Cause I'm not good at not being in control of things. Okay, <laughs> um, I dig it. And, you know, I learned, I learned at a really, really young age in in unfortunate ways that there are things in life I can't control. And because of that, though, it turned me into this security mindset of, okay, I can't control everything, but the things I can control are what I'm going to. And the hardest lesson I think I've had to learn is, is that sometimes I just can't control things. Um, Whether it's the way a job is being run, whether it's a decision to be made, there was a time I was on a detail and it was, it was me and one other person were sent to do an advance and be there to receive. And the judgment call of how we were to receive was not my call. It was what we were told to do 
And then the person I was with was that that in particular male on the team that didn't really want to work with me. Watch kept there. Me, yeah, kept telling me to stop overthinking things. Mm-hmm. And so there was a few things that I could control in it. And I made those adjustments, you know, being able to see a door differently or whatever that, you know, he thought I was overthinking, but it's a door and I can't see it. So I'm going to move. Right. Yeah. So there was things like that I could control that I did. But there was a couple of things I couldn't control. And I had to, in that moment, I had to realize this isn't my detail, right? This is what we were told to do. This is what he is telling me to do. He's been in the industry longer than me. And in this moment, it's not my job to step on his toes and take over because unfortunately, I knew how things would probably go. Unfortunately, it is kind of how they went, (laughs) but nobody got hurt. It was not that kind of situation. It was just a a situation where people didn't think that we were where we were supposed to be. And that kind of backfired. But it, I had in that moment, I had to realize if this backfires, it's not backfiring on me or my career. Right. Because in the situation, it's going to be, she was a team player. She did exactly what she was told to do. Uh And that's going to be what it's, that's, that's going to be where the chips fall. And then, but if I had taken over and something had changed, that's going to look totally different. So Uh in in that it was, that's kind of been the hardest lesson is that sometimes I have to just go, okay, in my head, I'm like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. And that, (laughs) but that gets into the social, yeah, that gets into the social dynamics of it. Right. Uh, Because at certain points, especially if you're not in charge, you have to make a judgment call between social equity and being like, I'm going to play my position. Yeah. You know, you know what, this is on you. I'm going to play my position and, and, and the actual mission, because ultimately that other individual who's in charge bears the responsibility. And so being a good uh, follower is one mm-hmm. of the most important things in this whole entire game. So I'm glad you're able to, that you made that call. And then maybe, Hopefully they right. listen to us next time. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, those things. And I, I think I want to say it was David Goggins that said it uh, in his most recent book. I just finished that, the, the never finished book. And he, he talks about um, leadership is often mistaken for what happens at the top. And it, it's amazing. Yeah, because there's so many things that happen, you know, especially in this industry, there's so many things that happen that come from a lower level. You know, I mean, I, being in the army, especially I started as an E1 and I just recently got promoted to sergeant. So I'm now E5, but I worked my way up to that from E1. I've hit every single rank in four years. And it is it, it, all of those things have taken me not only learning from those above me and having incredible leadership and mentorship, but learning from my peers and learning from those that are coming in below me that say, hey, this is an idea or, hey, this is a thing. And, you know, taking time to get to know your team and yeah. learning these different dynamics, that helps because there's everybody has so much they knowledge give. to give. And, you know, I think a lot of times we forget that, you know, we're not the only ones that that have things to offer. You know, yes. so being yes. a team player and learning, realizing that you can learn from those around you is is huge. Hundred percent. I tell my guys, I need every single one of you to lead me. I need every single one of you to guys to give me the information from the ground. What's going on with the client? What you saw while you were doing halls and walls? I need you guys to lead me so I can lead the best because leadership is servant, is 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 servant like servanthood. So I can serve you guys with the best policies, procedures, and SOPs. I need you guys to lead me with what's going on. Um, right. <clears throat> and so everyone is a leader and everyone is a follower, and we take pride in both. So I love it. Good stuff. What would you say is your proudest moment in this game so far? 
Oh gosh. Um, I don't know that I have one moment. I, I mean, there's been, I, I do something in every single detail. And those, those that are, they're close to me, my mentors, my mentors and stuff that are close to me in this industry. Um, I've had this conversation with them. So every single detail that I'm on, I take two moments during the detail. One is that moment where you go, oh my gosh, my feet are killing me. I would give anything to just take a break, go take a nap, whatever it is right now. And in that moment, when I am at like my worst, right, I'm exhausted, my feet are killing me, my calves are throbbing, whatever it is, I think to myself, is this what I want to be doing, right? Because in that moment, when it is the worst, that is the time to ask yourself, is this what I still want to be doing? And if the answer is still yes, then you're not complacent. You are doing what you're supposed to be doing. And in the security industry, the last thing you want to do is become complacent. So that's, to me, that's huge. So I always do. That's my one moment. My other moment is that at least once during every detail, I go, holy crap, I'm getting to do blank, whatever it is. So whether it's somebody specific, you know, if it's, if it's a holes and walls moment, but I know who's in that green room and it's like, Oh my gosh, they're in that green room. Right. Whether it's something like that or, you know, getting to, getting to drive, getting to be, you know, put on a detail that got extended, whatever it is. Um, every single, every single detail, I take those two moments, the one that says, you know, is this what I want to be doing when it's the worst? And then when it's like that, that proud moment or that exciting moment, I go, holy cow. And I acknowledge the fact that what I'm getting to do is amazing. I love um, it. To me, that's, that's really it. I mean, I can't, I can't narrow it down to one moment because every single detail I've been able to do that at least once is go, wow, this is happening right now. Mindful, very mindful, very present. I love it. And just live in it while you're doing it. That's huge. And I running these little mental experiments, I did the same thing when I came back from Iraq to think about how war bends you into things. You know, I've talked about it on here a couple of times, but nonetheless, I love that level of mindfulness and it keeps you in the game, you know, Um, good stuff. So as we get into our closing questions, uh, one thing that you believe protectors should do daily to make them better at protection or better humans? Uh, You should always be increasing your value. So it's one thing to say that you are valuable and that you have value to bring, but if you are not doing anything to increase it, then then what are you? I mean, you can buy a picture, you can hang it on the wall and you can say that picture is worth a thousand dollars. But if you sell it, Unless somebody is willing to give you a thousand dollars for it, it's just a picture you're stuck with that's hanging on your wall. It didn't work right. nothing other right. than what you say it's worth. And as as individuals, it's it's our job to make sure that we are that we are adding value to ourselves. You know, right. I mean, I have people all the time that say, you know, I should be making more. I'm worth more. And I'm like, well, why? Why right. are you more? What are you doing to make yourself more valuable? And you know, I'm I'm floored when they tell me, well, nothing. Like, are you taking classes? Are you, you know, I'm like, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to physically go to a college. There are millions of online courses that you can take that are not super expensive, but they're incredible. And I love them because I love to learn from all different walks of life and all different kinds of people. So I can watch these online videos or I can do these online courses that are, you know, anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to, you know, sometimes they're on sale and you can get them for 20 bucks. It depends. But 
the nice thing about them is that they're, they just keep your mind going, right? They keep yep. you, they keep you thinking outside the box. They keep you, you know, fresh in, in, in education. Those kind of things to me are valuable. And if you're not, if you're not doing things like that, if you're not getting education, if you're not reading books, if you're not mentoring, if you're not talking to, to people, if you're not networking and having conversations with people about stuff. I mean, I have mentors that I talk to literally about random things. We'll we'll talk about, you know, psychology or yeah. or people think, or we'll people watch and dissect, you know the different things that they're doing, their body languages, their interactions between each other, right? Are they arguing? Are they having a conversation? What are they, are they in a relationship? Are they not in a relationship? Those kind of things. It's little things that you can be doing, but if you're not doing those things every single day, it's like working out. You know, as a personal yeah. trainer, I've been a personal trainer for more than 15 years. If you're not taking care of yourself and you're not working out every day, then you're not getting better. You're getting right. worse. Every yep. day that you skip, you go the other direction. Right. The only bad day is the day you skip. Right. Like that's and it's the same for the mind. If you are not constantly grinding to improve and bring value to what you have to offer, then you are not making yourself valuable. Yep. And your life, the speed of development and the speed of evolution in your life is just tied to your ability to generate and add value to yourself and grow and learn. You want a higher quality life? You got to make higher quality decisions. You want to make higher quality decisions? You've got to get higher quality information. It was the first equation I had to solve when I got out of the Marine Corps. I was like, well, like, okay, I'm like pretty jacked and pretty tan, like I think. I was like, but I'm just going to be like a kind of jacked and tan kind of funny dude who's not making a lot of money here real quick if i don't figure <laughs> some crap out like i'm just gonna be like kind of all right like i don't know like you know and i was like what do i do like how can i achieve anything successful and i was like i only got me and god and i was like i need to add more value to myself and i i remember literally just sitting there being like like what am i gonna do and so i started learning i i mean audiobooks 10 bucks a, a pop like uh your 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 automobile university like you got a 30 minute drive like add the hours up how many hours can you invest in there's no better education everything that people are seeing i've been able to create a how many figure business off of the internet just like just contributing like you all you got to do <laughs> like like invest in yourself this is the age of information you're the you have thousands of hours of any subject you want at your fingertips and you can mm -hmm. just download it i don't read good so i listen to things you know like there's literally no excuses anymore you could literally like just start using this medium we're doing right now to generate value and the world will reciprocate that value back to you in compensation if you figure it out so what you're saying is one of the most powerful principles that's definitely changed my life you know and changed and as a result changed the lives of many people that we've been able to get into the private security industry and and different things like that it's extremely powerful i hope everyone takes it seriously and you've got quite a bit of wisdom been dropping some serious <laughs> stuff here uh during this interview are you teaching anything because you you know i see some stuff in there and then obviously the way you present um, I do. So the, uh, you know, on the link, my LinkedIn stuff, I call it the individual defense tactics. Uh, it's, it's just a different term Perfect. than self-defense because yeah. self-defense is so watered down. Everybody thinks that it's hand-to-hand -hand everything. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's literally just situational awareness, mm -hmm. but 
with action, right? Yeah. So th- that's that's what that is. So that's that teaching on that side, and it's just taking taking the scenarios, taking things that happen in life, uh, and putting them into an education. That has been huge because I've got a lot of people that have reached out to me, different networks, and you know I've had I've had guys reached out to me. Actually, I had one last week reach out and said, you know, he said I have a a twenty year old son and eighteen year old daughter, and he said I got to be honest, you and I live in very different worlds. And I said, okay, what do you mean? And he said, I've never thought about it from a female's perspective, and I need to start teaching my daughter completely different. He said, because I've been teaching her exactly the same way I taught my 20-year-old son. They're aware. They know combat. They know, you know, self-defense. They know all these things. And he said, but to look at the world through your eyes, he's like, I've never thought about things the way that my daughter should think about them. Mm-hmm. Because he said, as a guy, I just don't think about it that way. Yeah. And you know, it, it's been huge. You know, I, I have to think differently when it comes to everything I do. Females in general, we, we have to, you know, we have to vet everybody, you know, on LinkedIn, you get a, you get a request on LinkedIn as a guy, you're like, okay, you get a request as a LinkedIn on, as a female. And you're like, yeah, yeah, let me I look and that. see like, yeah. Yeah, how weird, like what's yeah. up. Is this person gonna, do they actually want to network with me or do they want to take me on a date? Like this right. is, you know, those are two very networking. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, I've even got, you know, I, I kind of laughed to myself. Um, I had a, a friend of mine, I told him, I said, I'm going to swear you to secrecy with this, but it's really not a secret. It's, it's pretty common you know if you've creeped me out um but when i go to you know i go to mixers and i have i have two different pockets you know i always wear some kind of blazer or something and i have two different pockets and you know i have i call one the creep pocket right (laughs) nobody knows which one it is but i take your business card i you know i have a conversation with you right and then it's either going in the pocket i'm gonna i'm gonna call or it's going in the creep pocket i'm not calling you because that was not work related at all right yes so, yeah, but because by the end of the night, I get home and I've got 25 business cards and I'm going, OK, who was who was yep. what? So you got to keep them separate as a female. I have to think that through. Right. I, I have to get on Google Maps and look at the parking spaces and the parking garage and see how far am I walking from here to here and what time am I leaving so that I know safety routes and all these different things. I have to think all that through when I'm going to stuff. Guys are like. They show up, you get, you know, an hour before you take a shower, you throw some clothes on, you walk inside. (laughs) Here I am. And I'm like, I'm Googling stuff the day before and looking at maps and, you know, planning stuff. And yeah, everything's, everything takes a lot of work. And so, I mean, it's, there's that, there's there's that teaching. I also uh, became an alive instructor. Um, I'm doing that as well. That is amazing. I absolutely love that. I got hooked up with Michael Julian and he's awesome. Yeah, he is fantastic. So uh, that's been really good. I've, I've been teaching that for a couple months now and uh, getting to travel around and do courses and ah. help people with that. And I absolutely love that because, again, it's it's a security mindset. Um, I went I went just a few weeks ago, did a big class. Did uh, I had I had 14, 14 alpha males is yes. what I said. They walked into the room, looked at me like, what in the world is this little girl going to teach me? Yeah. <laughs> My my proudest moment in that was the end of that. Uh, we did an hour of of scenarios. So we walked through their facility. You know, I helped them talk. You know, I talked them through different scenarios. Okay, if these are where your posts are, we had looked over their SOPs, and you know, I had an idea of what their their facility looked like. So we walked through it. I had gone ahead of time and done a walkthrough with their with their pastor, and then we you know we we go through. We did all the stuff, and we're doing these walkthroughs, and I start tossing out scenarios of, okay, what happens if this happens? What happens if this happens? And, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a scary moment for them 
and I mean, for me too, because the scenarios are never nice, but you know, I, I pointed out a scenario in particular and I watched a group of out 14 alpha males turn pale mm-hmm. with just this fear and this, like you can see the gut wrenching yeah. reality when it hits them. Uh-huh. And that to me, not a proud moment, but a proud mm-hmm. moment. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that was the moment where I, where I, I knew that they realized I wasn't kidding. Right. This is things you have to think about, because, again, your your body's not going to go where your mind hasn't been. It's like it's not a scenario you want to think, but you need to have a plan for what happens. And, you know, we get to the end of the class. Literally, we get to the end of the class and they kind of laughed and they said, well, we were going to ask if you wanted us to walk you to your car. But will you walk us to our car? (laughs) That's awesome. It was pretty funny. Yeah, no, you probably uncovered their Achilles heel, you know, like the thing that they might have an idea that, you know, like the thing they hope the enemy wouldn't find, you know, the thing that they probably have been like, I don't know what we're going to do. And then then you were like, what about this? And they're like, "Uh, uh, well, we're just kind of hoping that doesn't happen. Yeah. Hope's not a plan, bro. You can't go where your mind hasn't been. And as security professionals, we have to think about the worst, the worst. We kind of live in that shadow realm so that when the Kakarian, right, when the Loch Ness monster of chaos appears, we're like, hey, sup, buddy? We're waiting for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hi. <laughs> you know, we're over here too. You know, so I love it. Good stuff. Outstanding. Well, we're going to make sure, make sure you send me all those links for people to find and follow and hire and get your life training and all that stuff. And um, the last question is at the end of the day, what is it all for? How would you like to be remembered? Oh, oh, man. Question. So are you I, a psych major too? I've, yeah, I struggled right. with this for a while. So, yeah. so very similar to you, you actually make a comment very early on in your training videos. Um, you make a comment about getting out of the, uh, out of the Marines and trying to figure out what you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. How are you transitioning from from being a Marine? Because you're, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. How are you transition uh-huh. from being a Marine back to being a civilian? Right. And you know, for me, that became a, a conversation early on as an as a soldier. Mm-hmm. I signed an eight year contract. I'm at the four year mark. I'm halfway through my contract right now. But my question. To myself was I have spent my entire life knowing I was going to be a soldier. That was never a question in my mind. Hmm. So from at least 12, when I made it a statement, right prior to that, it was already in my head. So at some point that became a, a mindset and I spent my entire life with that mindset. And I went from, I'm going to be a soldier. I'm going to serve. I'm going to do this into being one. And it was, I was only a year in when it hit me what am I going to do when it's, I was one. Mm-hmm. And that reality became very, very real because I, like I said, I've been a personal trainer for 15 years and I've done all these other things. I've always been in the service industry. I've never done anything not service industry related, but it was, it's different when you think about doing something like that, something so profound as being a soldier or being a Marine and going, how do I, how do I, transition into something back to being a civilian it feels so insignificant it feels like a like a backward step it feels like the end of something and you're going what kind of difference am I going to make then and for me I've always had a desire to have a a life that mattered 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've always said I would rather go out doing something than doing yeah. nothing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to, people are like, oh, how great it would be to just, you know, pass away in your sleep. And I'm like, no, that sounds awful. <laughs> I'm like, no, I want to go and people I go, blaze, her to go. Like, blaze of glory, pile <laughs> of brass. I want to be executed in the dang town square, yelling freedom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like I've always been planning to be a martyr anyway. Sorry. You know, yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> this was always the plan guys. We, uh, I had a, <laughs> yeah. kind of a funny story real quick. I had um, not long ago with some of my soldiers, we had a, we had a conversation, which was what will your famous last word be but everybody else got to choose your words oh interesting it was an anonymous across the board that they all said my words would be oh my gosh i'll do it (laughs) they're like you're so bad at just you know delegating and then actually letting somebody you're like just give it to me i'll do it that's Um, awesome so but that's the thing it's like you want to have a purpose you know so many so many of us especially in the security industry that we 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 want to have a purpose we want to to make a difference in somebody's lives. We want to be able to protect somebody or serve somebody. And for me, that was what it was all about. You know, going from from being a soldier and trying to figure out what I could do moving forward. And I thought, man, I got into my my whole life has been I want to be a soldier because I wanted to protect and I wanted to serve my country. And I'm like, what better way to continue to do that when I'm not in the army anymore at some point, and I've been in, in the security industry 100%, and I can just say, what is it that you do? You know, this is what I do. This is what I've always done, is, yeah. is care about people and take care of people and, and protect people. And so everything about my life is is that. And yeah, I mean, going out in a blaze of glory would be amazing. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's always been the, my, my oh. wife. She knows me. this this was always the plan thing. <laughs> She's like, oh my God. <laughs> She's awesome. But uh, I love it. Protection more than just a job. It's a yeah. lifestyle comes to mind, you know, that's awesome. And, and also the protection DNA, you know, I talked about that as well. It's just in some of us, you know, and it's just who we are. Some of, sometimes it takes trauma to get it. Some people have enough wisdom to work for it, but there are some of us who are just born with it been protecting our friends since the playground and kindergarten you know <laughs> this is how it is you know and yeah. we can all be protectors put in the work get a little get some training get the network and um manifest you know it's a co-creation it's a co-authorship what you want you're the common denominator in all of it and then mm-hmm. god you know like the whatever made this awesome experience happen right you know and i believe that's god so um that's awesome i love it I got to I got to get a good title for this one. There's so many good nuggets in here. <laughs> Lots of wisdom. Um, you're obviously someone who is is very like you you just generate a lot of value when you talk, which is huge, huge. I talk about investing in yourself as a tactic, you know, in one of my social dynamics presentations. And you've obviously done that and it's beautiful <laughs> to see that, you know, play out and everything in this conversation. So, thank you so much Elizabeth for your thank time, you. your attention absolutely it's an honor and i look forward to doing more awesome stuff with you we're both just getting started you know it's just unwinding the celebration has just begun so heck yeah outstanding thank you you're welcome thank you thank you so much for having me hey it's an honor boom quick shout out to our sponsor staccato my first pistol sponsor um i've been sponsored by a lot of companies right over the years but when it comes to pistol that's my bread and butter pistol something i believe in you know i'm a competitive shooter you know we're shooting anywhere from you know 
800 rounds a month type of thing, right? So staccato being what I believe is one of, if not the most complete handguns you could put in your hand. Um, it's got every component that a handgun could have, should have. Uh, they're actually extremely dependable now that they've made some changes. And these things are straight up tack drivers. If you're looking for a pistol that will do as much of the work for you as a piece of hardware can, obviously you have to have the, the, the marksmanship and all the different things, but different guns perform at different levels. And I wanna say that Staccato is one of, by far for sure, take it from a competitive shooter, we're shooting the highest volumes of rounds constantly right now, not used to have a background guy, but like right now, when you go shoot, you're gonna see certain brands. Staccato is one of, if not the highest performing firearm that is both CCW, duty ready, and also competitive ready. So I wanna give them a shout out if you guys are looking for a good handgun to build your skills on top of, go check out Staccato, much love and respect. Yo, if you're a private security professional wanting to take your game to the next level, go to executiveprotectiontrainingday.com to check out my personal success package for private security professionals. Check it out, executiveprotectiontrainingday.com. And remember y'all, hard skills do save lives, but soft skills get you paid. Boom. Boom, and to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an America a safer place. Do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can because it makes all of these things possible. Thanks for those contributions.